Hello and welcome to episode one of Nerd Society for Freaks and Weirdos. I am your host, Brittany W. B-dub if you're nasty. I'm going to start off by interviewing myself before we get into this podcast's very first interview. First question, what is this podcast? Nerd Society for Freaks and Weirdos is an idea that I came up with because I love nerds. That's the basic premise of this show. I love nerds. I want to talk to nerds. I want you to hear nerds talk about the nerdy things that they are passionate about. And when I say nerdy things that they're passionate about, I don't just mean your typical video games and your cosplay and your LARPing, although all of those things are legitimate and I will likely be talking to people who are interested in those things, but I'm also interested in people who are interested in other things that maybe you didn't know you could actually be nerdy about, like historical fiction or romance novels or rock opera or you name it. If there's something that strikes someone's interest passionately, I want to talk to them and understand what it is about that thing that they love so much. Who am I? I am your typical lifelong member of the nerd club. You know the type. I started watching British comedies, particularly Monty Python, when I was eight or nine years old. I enjoyed watching Mystery Science Theater 3000, and I can probably list all the nicknames of the character Mr. Ryder from Space Mutiny, such as Crunch Butt Steak and Big McLarge Huge. I have a typical 8 to 5 office job in a dinosaur of an industry, and I like to confuse my mostly blue-collar co-workers with the nerdy stuff that I do, including also dressing up for Renaissance Fair and going to comic conventions. Why do a podcast? My biggest thing here goes back to, again, I want nerds to be able to talk about what they love. But I think this matters because I think people in general don't get enough opportunity to gush about things that they enjoy. I think the saddest thing ever is meeting somebody who is a huge fanatic and starts to talk about the thing that they love and then stops themselves and apologizes because you know at some point somebody had told them to stop talking about the thing that they love. And I don't want people to feel ashamed or weird or awkward about being passionate about something. I think at some point it became cool to not care about things. And I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. Uh, I think that it is important to have things that you enjoy and care about. And I think it's also important to not feel alone. And so by interviewing nerds of all stripes. Um, I'm hoping to reach a wider audience of people who feel like maybe they're an outcast or a weirdo and, hey, check it out. This person put together a group of people and there may be only six people in the area who do this thing, but that's six more friends. That's six more people who understand. 
And so that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to do this podcast is just to give as many people a chance to talk about what they love as possible. So now that we're through with that, for this episode, this is my very first interview. Unfortunately, the sound quality is probably not the greatest. It will get better as this podcast goes on and I figure out what the hell I'm doing. And I also was recovering from a very bad case of bronchitis. So I sound probably a bit like a frog. Luckily, I don't talk as much in this interview as I have in some of my others that I will be uploading in the future. For the most part, uh, the first few interviews on my podcast are people that I immediately know. So for these two guests, because of course I want to make my first interview the most complicated by inviting two people to come on and answer questions, I actually know Maura through my cousin and I've known Mara now for about a year. And she brought along her roommate, who is also another member of the drag troupe that they started. And so without further ado, let's get into my interview with the Hammer of Glamour. First things first, uh, I'd like you both to introduce yourselves. Chris? I am, um, my name is Chris Harvey, um, but you can refer to me as Maxi Nantucket. That's my, um, drag name. So my name is Mara, but I like to go by Aphrodite because it sounds way better. Uh, it's also my drag name. So explain a little bit about Hammer of Glamour and what that's all about. So Hammer of Glamour is a drag troupe that some of, um, it's like a group of us, our best friends. We've been best friends for a really long time. We put it together out of a mutual interest in drag and eccentricity and ridiculous costumes and makeup. It's basically just, it's all about creating a safe space to be weird, essentially. Like, creating a safe space for us to do something that we've always wanted to do, which is a form of drag, obviously. Um, and for people to just come and, and appreciate and check out what we're doing. Yeah, we definitely um, embrace a more laid-back atmosphere um, in the drag community in general. We are very approachable. We um, pride ourselves on being inclusive of all sorts of different types of people, different walks of life, everything. And we really try to, I mean, we are an eclectic group of people as friends, and we really like to incorporate as much as we can. We love embracing our fans. It's just, it's wonderful. Not actually physically hugging them, but... That's the best part, though. Mentally embracing them. Okay, yeah. so we have two different styles here. The mm. mentally embracing and the physically embracing. I mean, there's a little bit of both, I guess. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. So it's uh, it sounds like it's mixed genders. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple of girls. So, like, I guess they would refer to them as, uh, the, the term is bio-queens, biological queens. So it's, like, more acceptable for women to be considered drag performers rather than drag queens, I guess. But, uh, yeah, there's, so it's me, Bobby Penn, Belinda Blanc, December Madison, and Ampersand. And then um, Puma and Maxi are our two reigning drag queens. Um, so... Walk me through what goes into making a show. I assume, for me, I'd just be the audience. I'd see the end product. We have a pretty elaborate um, thought process, a brainstorming process, I guess you would call it. Um, generally, we have Puma, who's kind of um, our creative director of the group. She um, has a huge uh, spreadsheet 
sort of that we follow that's mapped out all the way through 2020 with the different events that we are planning. Yeah. We just kind of, as we're hanging out as a group of friends, we spitball themes that we could do. I mean, we're to... pretty self-involved, so we talk about this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's generally how we come up with our themes. It's just kind of like, you know, as soon as an idea comes to one of us, we're like, hey guys, we should do this. And then once the ideas become a little bit more concrete as we talk it out, we add it to our plan. And like I said, we have like a whole like Marvel Cinematic Universe planned out through 2020 of all the different events that we we're going to have. So yeah, that's that's really how we come up with it. And then as we, as it gets closer, we start you know picking the performances that we want to do. We start picking our looks um, and really kind of narrow that down until it's about a month before the show where we have a completely ironed out performance that we're all going to be doing. And we all just kind of like, at that point, it's just game mode rehearsing like you would for like a play or anything like that, a dance recital, whatever mm-hmm. you do. Yeah, and it's, it's a little bit different for each event. So sometimes we do narratives. Uh, we'll do a whole scripted show like uh, our most recent one, uh, the best one, of course, because it features uh, my character the most. The Who Done Already Done Done It, a murder mystery. We did a total narrative for it. Puma wrote the script uh, with our help, of course. We, we all wrote eulogies. For me, it was, God, it was amazing. But once it all got put together, we recorded the lines. Like, we did the whole thing. So by the end of it, we had a full narrative script. So that's a lot of fun. And, um, one that we're having that's coming up is going to be like a trivia night, so that'll be less of a narrative. So it depends on what kind of an event we're getting ready for. But generally speaking, um, the mood is tense and excited, and we practice every five seconds of our lives. So are you going mostly roommates or very close together? Right now, actually, um, four of us live together. Oh, wow. Yeah, four so yeah, four of the seven of the members of the Hammer Glamour live together, and it's, uh, it's chaotic. I mean, it sounds like you could have constant rehearsal at that point. And that's exactly what happens. <laughs> and, like, you never know when somebody's going to come into, like, the like the living room with their wig and their dress on. Like, I might have done that, like, three or four times uh, before this party. And just like, what do you think, guys? What do you think? <laughs> Everyone's like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine after this. You're fine. I mean, do you just rehearse in your home or do you have the space? And, and where do you host your events? We posted them several different places. There is a sort of like a rec hall in our hometown that we like to rent out for like some of the bigger ones, like our last performance, um, because it was a narrative and it was so scripted. We really needed a space that we could rely on. However, some of our other parties we've had outdoors, the barbecue office. Yeah, yeah. um, Generally, um, we've had it at the like leasing offices, like have um, halls that they rent out to their residents. We've had some there. It just kind of depends on what we need for the event, and then we kind of go with what we what we can find. Um, but generally, yes, we have usually like rec halls and stuff like that. How do you guys finance? Do you guys get sponsors or have friends do things? It's mostly it's mostly the latter. So the way that I refer to it, so that it sounds fancy and hipster, is it doesn't say grassroots organization. Much of the financing comes from us, but the last party. So the last party. Um, Upfront financing is usually always from us. However, the last party came admission to the event and then tips. We actually made enough to cover all of the expenses that went into the event. So we finally were in the black for like the first time ever. It was very exciting for us. <laughs> Has it been getting closer and closer mm-hmm. to that point each yeah. time? Yeah. Ever since, um, I would say ever since uh, Civil War. Yeah. We had a party uh, based on the Civil War movie. We call it Civil War. 
So are they all plays on like pop culture or a thing and then something inappropriate? So, or... Yeah, and so here's the thing about drag and, and Maxie, you can back me up or tell me I'm wrong here. Is drag is supposed to be over the top. It's supposed to be grand, eccentric, weird, fucked up sometimes. So it's fun to be able uh, to do something like that and not feel like you're going to be judged for it. Or to know that there are people around you that like just love what you're doing. Um, obviously, we try. We don't go. We don't go over a certain line. But just as people in general, too, it's kind of that's 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 easy for us to do. And there is a certain aspect of drag in general where you are essentially what's the, the caricature. Of yeah, like a caricature of gender, basically. And at that point, the goal is to not take yourself too seriously. And so mm-hmm. when we do these different themes and different things, we like to give them fun little quirky names and, you know, kind of play up the quirkiness of the... And just like the, everything that she said about just being weird and just completely screwed up. So do you have uh, family and friend support? Mostly do you have like people outside of that group that kind of follow you around? So we have, uh, it's funny because when we started, it was all family and friends. Like I would bribe my parents to come. I would be like, guys, it's going to be great. Just, you know, bring like five bucks. But um we actually have a pretty strong fan base already that's like family and friends, you know? And uh, it's cool because we're starting to see people outside of those friend groups show up. Yeah, we're starting to, you know, we started with our core group of friends that we knew would be interested and we knew would support us regardless of what we did. But now that we've sort of got our traction going, our friends are starting to reach out to their friend groups and it's sort of growing. It's sort of like spider webbing off of that. Mm-hmm. And we're definitely seeing people that we don't even recognize like, Absolutely. As, as performers. Which we, makes it easier to, to ag- agitate and, and mess with them. <laughs> so. so is it is it mostly word of mouth or do you guys do any social media or uh, do people even put out posters places anymore? I, you know, I don't think so, but they should because I'd love to see my face on a poster. No, we um <laughs> we plug ourselves pretty hard. I mean, when we had the last party, I, I shared it like I don't know how many times. And after a while, you feel kind of, like, bad for it, because, like, nobody wants to be a troll. But, like, this is something that we, like, we love this. This is, like, such a big part of our lives now. But, yeah, we have an Instagram. We have a page on Facebook. We've got email. We've got Tumblr. Mm-hmm. So, you know, reaching out to all the fangirls. Mm-hmm. We're, we're hoping to get some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, a Twitter account. there's a Twitter account, too. And uh, so all the different social media is run by different parts of the hammer. So like um, Aphrodite runs the Instagram account. We have Ampersand running our Twitter. Bobby Pin runs our Tumblr. So it's like a it's a collective effort. With all of that, I guess for each of you, like when was the first time that you realized that you didn't just really like drag, you wanted to do it? Like that first time that you really started doing it? I guess the first time that I was ever in drag was my senior year of high school, um, we had a patriotic day. It was for our spirit week, so like homecoming, whenever we have our homecoming dance and game, that week leading up to it is spirit week, and each day was a different theme. And so one of the days was patriotic day, because I think it was an election year that year. And it was the, yeah, it was the 2008 election um, with Obama, McCain, and then, you know, the primary with Hillary and all that stuff. So Puma actually wanted to go as John McCain. So she got her hair white and wore a suit from school. And I was like, you know what? If you're going to do John McCain, I'm going to be Hillary Clinton. 
And so oh my gosh. Matthew does a mean Hillary Clinton. <laughs> so I went, I literally, my grandmother found this awesome pantsuit at like Goodwill. And I just, I already had blonde hair. So I just like swooped it back. Yep. And just, yeah, it was interesting. It definitely uh, caused a stir at school, but that was fun. Are there, are there any pictures in existence of this? Probably something. Yeah, it was 2008. It was almost 10 I, years ago. Yeah, yeah. We had the technology back then. I remember. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, I'm, I'm hoping when posting this, we have like, <laughs> you guys can send some pictures of your sure. of your work and oh, yeah. everything, and we can put that up there so people can actually see what you all have been up to. Just some pretty entertaining stuff over the years. <laughs> I mean, I've been started watching it myself over the past couple of months okay. and, and seeing all of that has been uh, pretty entertaining. Good. Oh, my yeah. first time with drag. Okay, so um, we watched RuPaul's Drag Race since season three. Okay. And like obsessed over it. It's like America's Next Top Model but drag queen. So it's like way better. Plus there's no Cyrus. So the thing about it is that we started watching it um, together and then our friend Ampersand was doing drag at College Park. She went to see there. And for a while it was like, oh, like women can't be drag queens, women can't be drag queens. And then I'm pretty sure it was like talking to uh, Maxi and Puma before they were Maxi and Puma. And all of us deciding like, if this is what we want to do, then this is what we're going to do. And then a couple months later, they uh, came out with, like, I don't want to say a documentary, but we found a video that time Nick just uh, reposted it that talks about, like, bio queens versus drag queens. So I was sort of encouraged it, to try it. And um, it's, oh my, it's it's just such a, it's such a great thing. And I've always been a dramatic person, um, in case you haven't figured that out. So, <laughs> I mean, we all, most the let's see four of us were in an improv troupe together in high school so like we all met together we mostly got interested in drag together i was just a, a little late to the contour party <laughs> i didn't i didn't figure that out in time i was like going <clears throat> girl face for a while um so in terms of watching rupaul's drag race or anything do you have a particular queen in mind when you're you know, thinking about your character and, and figuring out who that character was. Either of you have idols? I think, and, and you can agree with me or not, Maxie, I think it's not like idol, but more like inspiration. Mm-hmm. Like, we definitely, like, Aphrodite is absolutely inspired by, like, Alaska Thunderfuck, who is uh, a queen that just won second season of All Stars. She's, like, really, like, raunchy and unafraid to say things. Um, and then, like, a mixture of Detox, who was also on All-Stars, because she's very much, like, uh, like the, the rocker, like, over-sexualized person. It's definitely parts of it, I would say. Yeah, you definitely pull um, inspiration from, like, collectively from different queens. For Maxie, it's definitely Willem is, like, number one. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Willem's quote, dude in a dress, is just what Maxie lives by. I don't, I don't really try to zhuzh my drag up. A whole lot. Um, <laughs> it's kind of fun. And then, actually, interestingly enough, the other inspiration for Maxie, I would say, would be Chad. Chad, definitely, which is, like, completely opposite end. Chad is a very, like, demure, like, sort of older queen, but definitely she's uh, she's a share impersonator. But she's definitely, like, Classic. prim and polished. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a clash for me of the polish aspect and then the raunchy kind of, you know, 
Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, and that's that's an important part of most of our drags. Like, Bobby is a little more high class, and so is Belinda, but, like, for the most part, our characters have uh, some level of floozy that's pretty severe. A little rough around the edges. Yeah, but, like, but you like it like that kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know what I mean? So, that's, that's understood. That's bringing a little bit of your real personality mm-hmm. in. Yeah, uh-huh, a lot of it, <laughs> a lot of it. It sounds like this takes up a lot of time, but what, I mean, what do you do? real lives are you are you just completely insane busy people and you just don't do anything else it's drag and work yeah yeah pretty much um i also teach tennis but that's uh that's about it no i mean like one of us works in a school one of us works in a hospital one of us is a, a waitress um so it, it really runs the gamut but i mean especially when we get close to showtime like puma okay puma is mother darling okay like, you, you have to make sure that you're on point for her, otherwise everything blows up. Uh, because she stays up two whole straight days to get our music done. Uh, so, like, like, literally at 5 o'clock in the morning, she's still up doing the work. So, you, it's mostly, like, when we get close to a show that that's everything it is. It feels kind of relaxed otherwise, but we're still very much, like, this is a huge part of our life. Yeah, because, I mean, we mentioned earlier that, like, specifically, like, in the brainstorming sessions and stuff, we spitball it, and we think about it all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, for us, it's fun. It's what we want to do with our free time. So, yeah. you know, other people, they, you know, like to read books. They like to play video games. They like, we like to talk about drag. We like to plan events. We like to do stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Well, it seems like it helps, too, that you're all friends besides. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. you live together. Mm-hmm. So Especially, just... you know, when someone wants to do a character that's um, not totally appropriate. Sometimes it's nice to have the other members to... To get them off that ledge, uh, <laughs> so to speak. Just, just for an example, you know. It sounds like there's a story. There is a story. <laughs> I was told that apparently when our theme for our event is famous murderers, murder victims, crime criminals in general, mm-hmm. I was told that apparently... John Benet Ramsey was not appropriate. We couldn't let you do John Benet Ramsey. It's just not... It's not... <laughs> Is it too soon? I feel like it's, it's not, just it's, like we had it's too it, dark. We had a very split household on it for a couple weeks, and like too young. I don't, I don't know what it was, but it felt wrong. But then, like for a week after we talked about it, it started feeling right, and then like we would, we would get hot about it, and then everybody would switch their opinions. It was a mess. So, so. we just went with Casey Anthony instead. Uh, you know what? You guys have Yeah, we your, worked it out. Yeah, it's you over. guys worked it out. It's best just That's fantastic. fine. Job it, it was in my, in my back pocket. So. <laughs> Stop it. You were not too. Oh my gosh. So, a lot of um, drag that I'm familiar with too has always been conversation around LGBT and how you support the LGBT community. Is part of that just you have a place to be yourself? Yeah, and I feel like with the hammer, and we even, I feel like we say this a lot at our parties, the point of the hammer and the point of the events that we have is to feel comfortable, be able to get a little weird, and really just like to enjoy something that you wouldn't normally see. So it's definitely really huge on a safe space for us. I wouldn't say that we like comment specifically on the LGBT community, um, but there are, I think, about two straight people if you add us all together. Uh, and there are seven members, so that's not a lot of straight going on there. But we definitely support the, the community, obviously. Um, we would love to be supported by them. Sometimes people aren't too crazy about the drag thing. Uh, but we haven't gotten much hate for it, and I hope we won't. 
because that's not what we're trying to do. You know? So you'd say the reception has been just overwhelmingly positive? It has. And we actually have uh, one of our members, uh, Bobby Penn, her family, like her mom and her dad and her extended family have come to every single party since she joined the Hammer. And these are people who normally wouldn't go to drag events. So it was, the support has been overwhelming. And even my parents who, you know, are in bed by 4 p.m., like, made time <laughs> to come out and see me do my final number before Aphrodite died in the last show. So it was very touching. Yeah, and I mean, in general, I would say, so the Hammer itself, like Aphrodite mentioned, we are obviously supportive of the LGBT community, and it is incorporated in everything we do because so many of our members are members of the LGBT community. Um, however, if we want to like blow it up to drag as a whole, I think that generally I've never experienced a drag queen who is against the LGBT community. Mm-mm. Now I do. Maybe there Corey, are Kelly and Conway. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Should we cut that? Anyway. In general, I mean, like there have definitely been straight queens in the yeah. industry, but yeah. even them, I mean, they're all allies. Right. Uh, it's it's too hard to separate drag, I think, from the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. It just it's not they're synonymous. One has to exist in the other. That's it's it's hard. Okay, so this is topical. I'm not sure if you all saw it, but there was this whole blow up about Candace Cameron wearing a Not Today Satan shirt. Yes. It seemed very, like, focused in the whole drag world, so I'm not sure. Well, so, Not Today Satan is a catchphrase, um, which is one of my favorite catchphrases uh, with the work that I do. It was Bianca Del Rio. It was the winner of season seven? Six? Six? Um, yeah, so, that was a catchphrase, and one of my absolute favorites. Um, so, what, what would you say is the best thing about having created your own troop or party? I how how do you refer to yourself? Uh, we're a troop. A yeah, troop. we're a troop. Okay. Let me and uh, Max, you can back me up because I think we're feeling similarly. Um, having complete control, uh, being able to have a vision and to execute it exactly the way we want to. Obviously, there are some edits along the way, but for the most part, it's it's all us. You know, the advertising is all of us. Um, the picking a place, same thing. Making all those important creative decisions and not really having to sacrifice, um, except for sometimes decency uh, that we don't have, but that we know we should have. So it's, you know. Yeah, I mean, in general, it's just it's a very um, relaxed atmosphere. And being able to come up with, like, just to come together as a group and create our drag troupe was, I mean, it's great not having that oversight it's great Mm -hmm. being able to do whatever we want to do being able to you know take an idea and run with it and know that like as soon as someone gets an idea as soon as someone has like a little bubble like pop it can get to the end like the finish line and it can be an awesome performance like rather than having you know like some sort of person being like no we can't have that at our clothes we can't we can't like show that we can't support mm-hmm. you guys doing that we can we have free reign over whatever we want to do yeah. and that is something i mean like we do like a play a more permanent place where we could do our performances more frequently and yes, yes but yes. we also do like having that freedom mm-hmm. so it's awesome Okay, well, what's the uh, what's the worst thing about having your own troop? Same answer. Same yeah, answer. I mean, much. every everything is up to us. <laughs> it's nice to have that creative difference, but it's also, oh my god, it is so much work. Mm-hmm. 
so much work. I can understand that with having started putting this whole podcasting thing together. Right, see? I mean, entertainment is rough shit. It and is. we gotta wear body shapers, you know? <laughs> and, you know, not drink for several hours. It's terrible. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. No, and some of us go on diets and eat twigs and berries for weeks hey. beforehand. It's not twigs and berries. It's grass and berries. It's cantaloupe and bananas. Whatever. I was not sure where that was going. Yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Marshmallows and soapy dough. Stop. <laughs> Maxie just does these like crazy diets right before the show, and we always make fun of her for it uh, because all of us are pigs and don't want to. <laughs> so we're like in the kitchen, like just ordered fucking Domino's, and Maxie's like nibbling on a cinnamon stick. <laughs> um, what would you say to anyone who's interested in in getting into drag performance? Either, you know, with you or on their own. Striking out on their own. Striking it out. Do it. It's so much fun. Do it. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, probably the biggest thing. Like, if you if you are an aspiring drag queen, if you are just watching Drag Race or something like that, and you are like, that looks like something I could do. Or that looks like something I'd be interested in doing. You don't necessarily need to think that you can do it. Just do it. Just watch YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Makeup tutorials. Come to our shows. Come to our shows. You can dress up in like the most ratchet drag, and we will not care. No, we'll love you. So yes, if you wanna, if you're practicing and you just wanna come and like have a reason to be in drag, have a reason to like try it out, definitely come to our shows. Like, we love that and we support it. Yeah, absolutely. We absolutely love that. I mean, we all started somewhere. Also, I would say, and I know that Puma agrees with me because we talked about this a little bit. Um, know that you're not going to look like fucking RuPaul the first time you beat your face. Like, getting into drag is so much work. Learning the makeup and, and how you're supposed to apply it and when and what goes where and where the tape goes. I mean, it, you're not going to look perfect the first time. So, like Crispy's saying, just don't be afraid to not be perfect. Okay, so now I have to ask, what is what are each of y'all's favorite things, like, in terms of when you're putting your outfit together? What is your favorite part to get right? Like makeup wise? Makeup or your mm-hmm. outfit mm-hmm. or your hair. I mean, I feel like for me, and at this last one I got to, so I like the cosplay too, so this is like a double excitement for me. So I was the countess from American Horror Story at the last one. And for me, like the final moment where I was like really feeling myself was we were at the space and I had just glued the fingernails onto my glove. And I looked in the mirror and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, this is happening. Like, this is, <laughs> damn, you look like a gaga. Uh, so that's usually at the end for me when I get to, because I, I mean, in and out of drag, like, I'm a vain person. So it's nice to see that whole, that hard work come together, because it is a lot of work putting it together. I'd say for, for Maxie, it's eyes and lips are probably the big thing for me. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that I put more detail in my eyes and lips than probably is necessary because the eyes draw you in and the lips eat you. <laughs> it happens a lot with her though. You laugh, but like there's a lot of that. Is it? If she could put makeup on her ass, her ass would be her favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> but she can't so she doesn't. Oh my god. We have well hold on right and we have poured milk on her. Yes. Oh goodness. I'll show you that video. That is definitely I have a video of that. Yeah we can show that. Oh okay. Alright. Um I feel like I think we're at a good point to just kind of start your plug. 
how to get in touch or how to find out about your next event or if they want to come in their ratchet drag. Please. It's the best thing like that. So take it away. Yeah. Well, we have several social media sites that you can follow us on. I'll give those, I'll give those to you, I guess, and you can post them. And I, we also post shamelessly. So, uh, just <laughs> watch that. Um, and the next party. So our next event, um, just to give a little synopsis. So we have seasons of our events um, where it is comprised of essentially four different events, four different themes. And then at the end of it all, we um, have an award show, which honors the best moments from those previous four events in the season. Um, so right now we're in the 2016-2017 season, and our next event is our award show. It's the second annual Busties. It is June 17th. The location is still to be decided, but we will, as soon as we know where we're going to be, we will post it on all of our social media accounts. Tickets are probably going to be five dollars at the door. Um, that's generally how we do it, and then obviously tips are welcome. Yeah, um, if you give us tips, we'll dance on you and do stuff. <laughs> um, hopefully legal. You no, know, yeah. Oh no, yeah. Of what course. Oh, or, like I've never made anyone uncomfortable. Or... Oh my god, stop, Maxi. Maxi usually goes after like the straightest guy in the room. No, um, no, it's, it's just so much fun. Seriously, like, you, if you go to a club, too, like, we, we go to town uh, when we can, and you just, you hold up dollar bills, and they come over, and they dance up on you, and they thank you. Oh, thank you, girl. And then they take the dollar bills. And that's how drug performers make most of their money. So that's sort of what we, uh, we tell people. But our Instagram, which is the best because I run it, is the Hammer of Glamour. Our Twitter is also is I'm sorry, our Twitter is at Hammer of Glamour. No the and that's glamour with an O U R. That's right, because yeah. we classy motherfuckers. You <laughs> see. And of course that's the U is for the class. That's right. Mm-hmm. We had to pretend somehow. So yeah, that's us. Um we do post a lot and we are always looking to collaborate uh with people too. So uh very open with uh whatever lines of communication. So And where are you all mostly located? Uh, we're mostly in Owings Mills, Reisterstown area. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, but Baltimore area. Yes. Yeah. Baltimore, yeah. We've been all over Baltimore. Yeah. Any plans for expansion? Well, yeah, I mean, the ideal, like, really big dream would be to have, like, our own drag theater. To do, like, a Peaches Christ situation. Mm-hmm. Um, who's a, a famous drag queen who owns her own drag theater, and they do plays and stuff. I mean, we're theater kids at heart. So we would just like to, to do it on a bigger scale in general. That sounds fantastic. I will uh, start following all of you on uh, Instagram and Twitter. And whenever you guys post something, I'll be posting it to Nerd Society as well. And hopefully everybody starts following you around too. Thank you. That would be awesome. Yeah, we love love fans. We'll do pretty much anything for them. All right. Thank you very much for coming and being on my first ever interview for this podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. It was fun. It was fun. And if you both like to say goodbye and sign off. Peace out, people. Bye. Come to our to our events. I want to give a huge thank you to the Hammer of Glamour again for being the first victims of my podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and it makes you want to come back for more. For now, it looks like my release schedule. I'm going to try and keep it every two weeks, but I may do, I I won't do less than that, but I may do more. The intro 
to my podcast and the outro to my podcast uh, is the song Game Boy Horror by the Zombie Dandies, which I'm using under an attribution license. Uh, if you would like to get in touch for whatever reason, if you want to reach out because you think you have a great idea or you are a huge nerd and you have a thing that you want to talk to me about and get out there and maybe try and recruit some like-minded people, you can email uh, nerdsocietypodcast at gmail.com. You can leave me a voicemail message at my Google Voice number 443-543-NSFW. You can tweet at me at freaks, the letter N, weirdos. Or you can find me on Facebook at Nerd Society Podcast. And all of this information can be found at nerdsocietypodcast.com. I hope to see you again next time. Bye.